1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. For today's episode, this is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. The Bucks go down to the Rockets in rain of threes. The Rockets get up, I think, an NBA record 61 threes on the night. They come from behind. The Bucks had an eight-point lead. Pretty late in the game, they give up a 16 to 4 run to finish the game and go down 120 to 116. And Frank, I, I must admit, I, I've just got off the Zoom calls with Giannis, Chris, and Bud. And I would say most of the frustrational vitriol from Bucks fans on Twitter has been directed fair and squarely at Bud. He said after the game, a lot of tonight is on me. I, I'm a little bit sh- shocked by how angry people are, particularly in direction to Bud. But let's start there. Bud says a lot of this loss is on him. Are you buying that?
0: Well, I, the thing that jumps out at me when I'm, I'm looking at this, I mean, you're up 112-104. Chris Milton hits that big three off of uh, a, second, a second or third chance. Um, and obviously, at that point, you know, you, you should close out the game. But they turned the ball over 23 times tonight and did that, I, I want to say, it three times in the last two and a half minutes or something like that. Um, and You know, fitting that that's how they would end up losing this lead. I mean, and a lot of those were, um, you know, again, product of the fact that you're putting the ball in the hands of guys who are not point guards. George is the only point guard that is playing right now. Um, And he had three turnovers. Dante DiVincenzo has five turnovers. Uh, Middleton had six tonight. Um, They just got sped up at times and just were sloppy trying to play at the Rockets' pace. It felt like, um, and again, the bucks play, you know, at a super fast pace too, but it felt like the bucks were rushing things in a way that they don't normally do. I mean, we know they like to get shots up, but it seemed like they were trying to race down the court and go between guys and and just, you know, it's like one thing if that's the honest, but we saw Middleton doing that. DiVincenzo made a bunch of bad passes and we, I felt like we saw a lot of cough ups that led to fast break points the other way. And I was a little surprised the Rockets only had 15 fast break points. Um, but 30 points off turnovers versus 17 points off turnovers for the Bucs. I mean, that, that obviously was, was a huge um, differentiator. And it, you know, this, this was kind of the, you know, stylistically, this was the Bucs going through uh, their best players, you know, Giannis and Chris, and then Brooke Lopez having a terrific game, exploiting his size, which was obviously going to be an interesting thing. You know, how do you, keep lopez on the floor does you know can he be effective with the size mismatch um but you know they pretty much conceded open threes all night long and we're probably lucky that houston only made 21 out of 61 which is 34 percent um you know some nights houston's gonna hit 30 (laughs) i don't know that's that would be an nba record but it felt like uh they could have hit 30 tonight uh with how open a lot of those threes were but um, they got lucky. PJ Tucker ticking over in the first half, and you know James Harden three out of twelve from three. Um, he was once again subdued, even with Eric Bledsoe out. Wes Matthews did a, a very fine job overall on him, but um, but yeah, I think you know just some some themes of just sloppiness. Bucks with the ball, uh, which Rockets deserve credit. You know, small teams teams go small; they often force more turnovers. Bucks seventeen offensive rebounds, thirty six percent offensive rebound rate. So obviously they were using that size to their advantage, you know, kind of in that tit for tat way. Um, And then obviously the story of, um, you know, the three point line versus the paint bucks plus 40 in the paint, 60 to 20. Giannis, a huge part of that with another monster 36, 18 and eight game. Um, And Brooke, of course, doing his thing. Uh, And, you know, obviously Houston didn't really get much of anything going outside of three pointers, almost two, basically two thirds of their shots were threes, but, um, they obviously got a lot of threes off and then they drew enough fouls between Harden and Westbrook, you know, those two guys obviously draw fouls uh, and they were plus 10 uh, in terms of made free throws, right? Which, you know, when you try to seal off the paint, the other piece of that is limiting free throws and the Bucks didn't do that well at all tonight, including some high leverage moments, you know, Westbrook getting to the line there at the end uh, to give the, the Rockets a lead that they ultimately didn't give up. So yeah, I'd say execution that Bucs, that Bud mentioned that again, like, Obviously, there were some bad decision making by play by players too. Um, but uh, certainly you know anytime you see a team that you know the bucks have looked sloppy and they haven't shot well here pretty much the entire time they've been in orlando um, obviously that that's something to watch here over these last succeeding games in the first round of the playoffs. that's obviously something the bucks have to get sharper on if they're gonna you know try to win a title you, you can't be as uh, giving the ball up as cheaply as they have and it obviously puts pressure on your defense and in ways that you don't want. So, um, yeah, you know, I think mean, kind of looked and felt like kind of like the Bucks. you know, the way the Bucks lose a game is sort of the way they lost this game with a dash more of turnovers. But we've obviously been seeing that as a bit of late too, is they just don't look as sharp as, you know, you'd expect if they were kind of in mid-season form.
1: So according to ESPN stats and info, the Bucks are the first team in NBA history to lose a game in which they scored 110 plus points. They held their opposition under 40% shooting from the field and had a plus 25 rebound differential. So those teams now are 177 and one all time. What a, what a, what a crazy stat, ESPN stats and info. But the Bucks. I mean, you pointed to it. I, and I think it's important to note when Bud talks about we didn't execute, some of that is on me. He was definitely talking about the offensive end of the floor. And you mentioned the 23 turnovers, but the Rockets only had nine. So I, <laughs> I don't know what the numbers are there. I could probably do a basketball reference search after this and and work this out. But I'm thinking, you know, the percentages are pretty uh, swing pretty heavily in your favor when you have 14 fewer turnovers in in a game of basketball. And then they had 26 more attempts from three and uh, eight more attempts at the free throw line. So the weight of numbers were always going to be difficult for the Bucs. But whether it was Bud, I asked Bud, I asked Giannis, and I asked Chris the exact same question. Defensive discipline, how did you think the team executed in giving up all those wide-open threes? Because I know watching the game, and you would have been feeling the same thing, it's incredibly frustrating when it's just wide-open look after wide-open look constantly from the corners. You feel that the guys are overhelping, but everyone to a T said that was exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to make guys not named Russell Westbrook and James Harden in particular shoot from the corners And if you look at all the Houston players outside of those two, they were 34% from three. So it's not like they were scorched and they they are adamant that they're happy that those guys were shooting the threes. Now, that's a particularly brutal game to watch as a fan because you're sitting there watching these these guys fire away and while the ball's in mid-flight, you're like, well, here we go. And you never feel safe, even when the Bucs, when they had that eight-point lead, you didn't feel safe because you knew that in 30 seconds and two possessions, it could be wiped and ultimately... That was what happened. But from a James Harden perspective and a Westbrook perspective, I, I think for the most part, they did a decent job. You're always going to be frustrated with some foul calls. There was a particularly odd and, in the, in the end, costly four-point play that James Harden got on a foul on West Matthews. I don't know whether the foul was called for the hand that touched the body or for Harden kicking his leg out. I'm not sure. I didn't really see any clarification there. But Westbrook and Harden have 25 free-throw attempts between them and the Bucks only had 23 I just think that coming up against this Houston team for the first time and we've seen this before the restart we saw this in late Feb early March as well the first time you see this Houston team I think you are absolutely disjointed thrown off out of whack because they are doing something that literally no one else in the league is doing playing the five small guys they're ferocious defensively. And this is a thing a that you, everyone that listens to or has listened to Eric Name in the past, he says this all the time. Little guys get away with stuff defensively. They just do. And I, I think that this is not the first time that we've seen a team look completely out of sync when facing this small ball Rockets team for the first time. All right, we've got a new sponsor on board, the pod, CBDMD. And I want to tell you a little bit about it right now, Frank. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day with, in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets a little bit chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. Of course, we always have a deal for you to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code NBA. You get twenty five percent off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBD MD.
0: Yeah, I mean the Bucks have had a lot of success against the Rockets. Obviously, they've had Eric Bledsoe play a big part in that. We again didn't see Bledsoe tonight. Didn't see Connaughton, uh, and that you know lacking that wing and guard depth is especially problematic against the Rockets because. Obviously, you rely heavily on on blood and, and even Conaton just because of the number of just you know given that they come at you in ways with, with all these wings. Um, and you know again, like you just look at the bucks uh, and, and the bench uh, tonight, I mean Sterling Brown, again, nine minutes, minus 10. Um, I mean he's just he shouldn't be playing right? <laughs> like Sterling's yeah. just his regression this season you know is one of the probably bigger disappointments um you know given what we saw last year just the, the fact that he's gone backwards this year and then coming back from the restart you know has you know we've talked about it in the scrimmages right i mean they maybe put him in some positions that he you know stretching his skill set a little bit but um certainly nothing we've seen uh since he's been back he had that one three point play that pretty much <laughs> against boston that was pretty much you know is uh kind of the one thing that felt like it went right um but uh yeah i mean it, i mean it's really interesting to look at the the starters versus bench units because, um, you know, again, it just felt like I mean, the Bucks played 12 guys tonight. Uh, Houston plays eight. And you look at those three guys that came off the bench for Houston, Jeff Green, Ben Macklemore, Austin Rivers, all of them plus 13, plus 14, plus 14. Um, and so, that you know, all those guys, good things happened when those guys were on the floor. And again, some of that's just because there's very, like, you know, it's a very interchangeable you know, like with, with yeah. House and, and maybe not with Covington so much, but, you know, certainly House, Macklemore, Rivers, you know, Green and, and Covington, you know, to some extent, just given their relative size. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those guys pretty much just had open threes, felt like, all, all night from the corners. Uh, I think I was just trying to count up. I, think I counted looking at the shot chart, like seven out of 20 or something like that from the corners, which is a crazy number of corner threes. Um, and the, the biggest problem I have is I, I, I mean, you know, I, I thought the Bucks' biggest advantage was when Giannis was guarding Russ because Russ had no, aside from that play uh, late where they used basically a screen to sort of, you know, get Giannis, um, trailing him for the most part when it was just Russ against Giannis, I mean, he, he didn't even really try to get to the rim. Um, you know, Lopez got him, got Russ early on an emphatic shot block and, felt like after that you know Russ was not really going to try to go at Giannis in particular uh but when you know he was going against Dante you know even Wes who's obviously stronger um George Hill like he felt like he was really having success attacking the basket um and I thought though when you know you just put Giannis on him um or DJ Wilson who I thought looked good against him you know he he pretty much was just trying to shoot jump shots and um (laughs) You know, we know that that's – I mean, it was kind of funny hearing Mark Jackson say, well, that's his game. He can get that shot whenever he wants. Like, well, that's because the Bucks are, like, like daring him to shoot it because it's – you know, the math just isn't good on that shot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought the the problem, though, was, you know, even if you had Giannis in there with Brooke, I mean, even when the defender had a decent – you know, was, was doing a decent job, Brooke's always coming over to try to help or, you know, whoever's always coming over to help. And so you were just, you know, bringing the, the help from the strong side corner. It's just easy, easy pickings to get those corner threes. And you know, Russ and Westbrook, or sorry, Russ and Harden were both smartly looking for that that kind of dump off all night. It's a really easy play to make and a really relatively, you know, easy shot. The math is good on that shot, much better than on a Russ mid range. So, you know, I would say if when we talk about like Bud's, you know, stuff that's on Bud certainly the offensive execution just generically because of all the turnovers is bad. I thought the willingness to go to Brooke over and over again was very encouraging actually. Um, but I thought defensively, you know, again, the, the, the downside of the relentless dedication to stopping stuff at the rim is, you know, sometimes you're, you're helping and collapsing when you really don't need to. Right. I mean, that, and that's something that's not new for the bucks, unfortunately. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, again, they may say, it's it was totally the plan or whatever, but, um, you know, if this was a playoff series, I think you'd look at that and say, well, look, if if Giannis is going up against Russ, let Russ try to put a shot above Giannis, you know, it's like you don't need that second body coming there because a contested, you know, floater on a two is a much better outcome than uh, an easy kick out for a three. So that to me, that was the biggest, um, you know, tactical issue that I had defensively. Uh, because, yeah, but I mean, obviously this this Houston team is weird. And, you know, so it's kind of those things too. I mean, you're not going to play a team in the East that looks like this for 48 minutes, obviously. Yeah. But I think it is helpful to try to get reps in because certainly, you know, could uh, the Raptors, you know, throw you weird lineups with Siakam at center? Yeah, they could do that, you know, for sure. Um, that could stretch you out and, and give you a look that might look kind of like this. Um, you know, the Clippers could certainly do that. Boston could, they don't seem to do it very much. We saw it for like a minute uh, in the opener. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think just seeing different, different types of teams and, and the Rockets obviously are the most extreme team in the league right now in terms of just the small ball stuff that they do. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's good to have a game like this to, to kind of, you know, see what, how, you, how, your, how your style, uh, you know, matches or doesn't match against that style um and then obviously hopefully you just learn from it and you move forward and and again maybe if you don't even if you're not going to see this for 48 minutes you will see small ball lineups and obviously you hope that there's some takeaways here that that work and obviously i think the positive side was Brook lopez looking great and doing the kind of stuff that you know we talked about last summer after uh you know we kind of wondered okay well, what do you do as a counter uh when Giannis, chris are not doing so well hey, but how about going to Brook lopez even if it's in the post where you know, maybe we don't love the post up anymore as as much as we as much as we used to. But um, you know, he obviously used it really well tonight, and um, obviously we've talked about his defense all season long. But you know, on a night where he only takes two three pointers, misses both, uh, he still is super effective in a very old school Brooklyn Lopez kind of way.
1: Yeah, I, I think again, the point that not only are the Bucks not going to see uh, this exact Rockets team again. I mean. You know, the chances of Houston making it all the way to the NBA Finals, I think, is probably pretty minimal, mostly because I do think, as you pointed to, you take lessons from this game, and there was a lot that went wrong for the Bucs. I mean, we we spoke about the Rockets' three-point shooting a lot, but Milwaukee only 25% from the outside as well, uh, outside of Chris Middleton, who was pretty hot early, and Giannis, actually, who hit a couple of threes. Wesley Matthews and Dante DiVincenzo go two for 12 between them and Marvin Williams over three, so two for fifteen between those those three guys uh, is not great I, I think the thing with the three point shooting for mine is my biggest concern when I come into a game like this against the Houston team is well, okay, uh, we know that Westbrook and Harden are going to draw a lot of fouls, so my concern is always your key players getting in foul trouble early, and I think if anything, one thing that sending multiple bodies at a time allows you to do is it really just gets the ball out of their hands before you're in a a situation where they're trying to score at the rim and and probably fouling. I mean, we know how how quick the referees, the officials are to blow the whistle when the season restarts. So I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. I do agree with you though. We've seen this repeatedly with the Bucks, so it's a scary thought. And I understand that maybe within a game, there's time to look at this and say maybe we need to change. Maybe we need to relax with the help a little bit. But again. You know, you hold James Harden to uh, what did he have? 24 points. I mean, it's it's hard to not look at that uh, score line, that stat line, even without Eric Bledsoe again, who we can't understate how much his his loss has been felt in his last two games, particularly in relation to those turnovers and, you know, quite simply, guys trying to dribble the ball that like, you don't want them to be dribbling the ball. I mean, let's be real. And Dante Divincenzo was pretty wild with the ball in hand tonight, but Harden five for 14 from the field. Again, the Bucs have had continual good success against him. Their idea was to have the other guys shoot the threes and beat you. Would you like to see some adjustment? Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I do believe that, again, there were so many fixable things in this game in terms of the turnovers that I'm just not that worried about it. And again, for, the, for basically for the sole reason that Houston, as we've sort of pointed to, aren't a team that the Bucs are going to face again and they are so unique. Well, today's podcast is sponsored by rockauto.com, and let's hear a little bit more about them right now. They are a family business serving auto parts customers, and they've been doing so for 20 plus years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I don't know what's going on over there in the US, but I know in Melbourne right now, we are in lockdown. We have an 8 p.m. curfew, so there's plenty of time to shop online and work on your car. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box that they know we sent you. It's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rocketauto.com. But Marvin Williams was back in the lineup. We should touch on that. He played 23 minutes, so he's obviously feeling okay. This is a, a type of team that, again, you're going to see a lot of minutes from him with smaller lineups. At one point, I think we had Giannis, Marvin, and DJ Wilson all on the floor together with Cole Corver at the two, so... There were certainly some strange lineups there. We know they're they're missing a couple of guys, but nine rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Two of those came on a pretty nifty play where he ended up getting the putback. Not a lot to take out of this game from his perspective. You'd love to see the three start to go down. He hasn't been able to knock that down basically since coming to Milwaukee. But again, it's a positive to see him out there because we do anticipate he's going to be an important player.
0: Yeah, uh, I, you know, it was interesting, you know, i of him as like a guy who's going to make a big impact on the boards, but, you know, he's bigger. He was bigger than anybody else that was on the Rockets' side sure. tonight, so uh, he was part of that group uh, of bucks that, that obviously were contributing on the offensive class. So, yeah, um, you know, I think looking at the numbers, you know, Brooke played 31 minutes, was a plus six. Robin only played four minutes and was a minus eight. Um, so you kind of do the quick math there, you know, call it 35 minutes of true center action tonight, uh, 13 minutes, uh, without a, a true center on the court. And, uh, let's see, they were minus two together and the bucks were minus four overall. So they had minus two. So, so again, kind of quote unquote, small ball, um, didn't really play a big factor in this game, uh, as far as uh, the ultimate outcome. Um. You know, but but again, it was a little weird because you had a number of guys like Urson and Robin who only played four minutes, but were you know Urson's minus six in four minutes, uh, uh, Lopez minus eight in four minutes. So they they kind of got like a and, and Sterling minus ten and nine minutes. Those guys kind of got like a sniff of it in the first half um, when the Rockets were kind of going on a bit of their run to to reel the Bucks in and, and take a lead. And you know the Bucks kind of played from behind for a big portion of really the second and third quarters and um, you know, you kind of uh, really at that when Middleton hits at three, then you kind of felt like with a few couple, with a few minutes left that, Hey, Mal, they've hopefully got this back under control. But you know, again, with, with Houston, you just never, you can never count them out. I mean, they, they had, an, you know, the, the first game against Dallas was kind of a similar story where they come back and um, kind of improbably uh, end up going to overtime and then winning here. Uh, obviously no overtime, but um, you know, bucks just, not executing and just questionable decision making. I mean, the, in particular the Giannis turnover, right, where they could have gone for a last shot. I think, right, was that was was that under uh, how, how much time was left when Giannis uh, made that bad pass to the corner? Do you recall? I, in my well, head, they I'm fouled. They, they f-
1: yeah, they fouled again, and then there was five point five. So it was, I think, there was fourteen seconds left on that initial play where Giannis left his feet, and he sort of explained that post game that he, he thought that he was going to be able to get the ball under the basket to Brook. But then at the last second, he tried to get it to Kyle Corver in the corner. Um, he, he sort of ended up splitting the difference between George Hill and Kyle Corver. It was a really poor pass. And he, unfortunately, once he left his feet, he had to make a decision in midair and he wasn't in a great position to do so. You probably would have liked to see him control the ball a, a little bit more than he did. But yeah, I mean, that ultimately ended the game.
0: Yeah, and so just timing-wise, kind of a curious decision. I mean, again, I'm—I don't think—I I don't obviously I'm not—I don't think Bud was saying go for a last shot, and Giannis decided screw it, I'm gonna go. You know, try <laughs> to make a play quicker, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that was a kind of conscious thing that they were trying to do for whatever reason. But um, you know, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, um, Middleton, uh, unfortunately, after that that three that he made, um, had I wouldn't say great looks, but you know, he missed some threes there towards the end of the game. Obviously that, that would have, you know, been, been needed to, to tie it or keep the bucks in it. And, um, you know, it is what it is bucks lost, And, you know, pretty much the, aside from those three guys, really very little to write, to write home about, uh, you know, another big night from Giannis, Chris finding his range a little bit, although he started super hot and then cooled off a bit as, as the game went on. Um, and then broke, obviously, um, you know, really kind of, showing how his size can, can certainly be a weapon against a smaller team like, like Houston. So um, yeah, uh, you know, I think you just sort of say, all right, move on to the next one. You know, um, it interesting. I mean, I, it is interesting and probably because these games were close. I mean, it's interesting that, you and Chris both playing above their um, minute averages here in the first two games back. But again, playing against two good teams where the game was close kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, you, their their minute averages obviously are driven down a lot by the games where you play the Knicks and you win by thirty five and you know you only play twenty five minutes or whatever. So um, you know, interesting though that Bud certainly not not keeping a really short leash on those guys. Um, although you can obviously say, well, in a game like this, you know, most teams obviously this is where you play your your best guys more minutes, right? I mean, this is where you put them, push them into the higher thirty minute range. Uh, obviously, Bud not quite doing that quite yet. And to be honest, it looked like Giannis at on a number of occasions just looked pretty gassed out there. You know, he was walking up the court behind the play. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if his you know, conditioning is is certainly where where he would want it to be uh, for certainly like a playoff run or something like that. So it's obviously still probably still a bit of a process. But obviously, they're not uh, they're not taking it too easy with those guys. So. Yeah, when's the next game? Is it in two days? I, I assume it seems like pretty much every other day um, we get a game. I'm I'm obviously very curious what uh, what Bledsoe's situation is going to be because obviously we we saw his absence and we've been feeling his absence in terms of just the lack of uh, ball handling and and point guard play.
1: Yeah, so the Bucks will have two uh, one day off. Sorry, as you said, they're playing basically every other day, and then I'll have the Nets in a twelve 1230- thirty. A tip, so 3.30 a.m. for the Australian listeners. Woo. I'll be up early for that one. And we know the Bucks don't typically like day basketball, but I, I have thought this coming in, when I looked at the schedule, there was a bunch of games that really were going to hold more intrigue than others, and just on, on the minutes for those two guys in particular, um, the Bucks just haven't had that many close games. This, you know They haven't, and Giannis kind of laughed about it after the game. He was like... Yeah, I mean, he goes. I would love to be winning every game by ten, fifteen points. That's kind of nice. But we also need to learn from close situations. So, uh, and look, let's be honest. The Bucks in in late game situations, trying to get a shot to tie or or win a game, have not. The, the execution hasn't been great. I was pleased that Middleton wasn't buried in the corner trying to get that look at the end of the game. <laughs> Either way, I mean, I, I don't think the play. Chris said it was a look that he would take 10 times out of 10. I didn't think the look was that great. I mean, he had a little bit of room, but Covington was on his back. House was was in front of him. I mean, it was deep. So it it was a tough shot. I would like to see them draw up something. You know, if he's going to miss one, I'd like to be able to sit back and say, well, it's a seeding game. It doesn't matter that he missed that. But, geez, that was a nice look. I still don't think I've got all that much confidence in the Bucks' ability to draw something up and get a clean look at the end of games, but they will they will play the Nets. So it's a game that, yeah, whatever. You might not draw a lot out of that game, even though maybe it's a, it's a first round matchup. But then after that, again playing every other day, they've got Miami and then Dallas. So you know, there's a couple of games here where we can look at and say, okay, this is good quality opposition. Let's see if it's close again. How the Bucks do down the stretch, because that's at least been something to take away from this.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you go back to before the break, the Bucks have lost five out of seven. I mean, the <laughs> you know it was the I think they, I guess they were fifty-two and eight at one point, and since then, obviously, they've only won a couple of games, lost five. Uh, not that you know you draw a whole lot from you certainly like the loss in in like Denver or even that Phoenix loss without Giannis. But um, yeah, I mean, I think again, you, you'd like to get into a little bit better rhythm, and, and certainly you know you look at that schedule obviously you want to take care of business and hopefully not have to extend, you know, people and put Giannis into too much uh, through too much effort against the Nets. Um, but thereafter Miami Dallas Toronto um, those are obviously, you know, measuring stick type games. And um, you know, I, I think obviously the Bucks are, they want to win these games. You know, it's not like they uh, are, um, you know, just sort of taking it easy and treating them like scrimmages. Like, they really, really want to win these games. I don't, again, they, they don't have to, there's not really, um, you know, a, a seating or, or, uh, or anything impact to, to, you know, not winning these games obviously at this point. But um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly when you look at those Miami Dallas Toronto games um, I think you would certainly hope to, to win at least a couple of those, just to kind of feel like you're back to where you need to be. Um, and, uh, certainly Miami and Toronto, you know, those two teams in the East, two teams that, you know, you're presumably probably going to have to go through at least one of those teams to get to the finals. Miami, you've lost to, uh, twice this season and Toronto, obviously, um, you've beaten a couple of times, but you know, obviously there's, there's history there and, and Toronto, obviously now after beating the Lakers there suddenly, you know, now it's, there's a lot of <laughs> Toronto buzz again. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be, especially because everybody's watching every game, you know? Um, so everybody has, um, everybody's, you know, it's kind of funny as much as people, I think probably came into this thinking like, well, seating games don't mean that much for most of these teams. Cause you know, the good teams are all locked into playoff spots and there's no home court to be playing for. Um, you know, we can't help ourselves, right. As, as fans and, and people talking about these games, uh, everybody's still going to try to make a big deal out of, out of every game, uh, and, and turn it into some sort of narrative thing. So, um, you know, I mean, whatever. As a fan, you want to win games, <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll keep watching. And um, yeah, it's it's just interesting looking at these times: twelve thirty on Tuesday, a three o'clock afternoon TNT game on Thursday, you <laughs> know, against the Heat. So that's that's a bit different. Uh, and then Dallas at seven thirty on ESPN on Saturday. So. NBA TV, TNT, and then ESPN twice in a row for Dallas and Toronto. So um, everything on national TV uh, for the next four games. Um, although I have to say, I, you know, I switched cable providers. I had DirecTV and then I switched to AT&T TV. Uh, and in the process lost my lead pass subscription that I had paid for. Hmm. So um, I can't get any... I guess I probably wouldn't be able to watch the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast anyway for these national games because they'd be blacked out for me. Um, but so now I'm like trying to figure out like, do I have to buy NBA league pass just for the Washington and Memphis games, <laughs> which would be just really disappointing. But it also means I'm, I'm being denied my chance to, uh, to listen to, uh, you know, my my Fox Sports Wisconsin crew, which obviously I would, I would prefer to get to listen to. But anyway, um Yeah uh the bubble goes on Giannis, by the way up to 29.9 points per game after a second straight 36 oh. point outing uh so he has he has a has a chance at at 30 30 points per night um and uh i noticed not that per is you know the be all end all stat but he after the last game he has he had jumped from sixth to first in the uh, single-season PER record books. He was tied with Will Chamberlain for the best PER in a season ever. Uh, and I imagine tonight will push him up even further. So, uh, you know, just kind of random stuff like that. Chris Middleton was looking good in his 50-40-90 pursuit after that 6-for-6 six six start, but kind of came back down earth a little bit, 10 out of 18. Uh, so that 6-for-20 that game, man, that 6-for-20 opener, uh, that that may have been the R.I.P. fifty forty ninety um, uh, game. So I, I don't know. I don't know if Chris can recover from that, but but we will see uh, for for Chris. Those so yeah, a couple a couple stat milestones to be to be watching here. But um, certainly, yeah, no no slow easing into it for Giannis here. He obviously is putting up his well, I'm not even his usual monster numbers. I mean, even big numbers, big for him uh, in these first two games back.
1: Thirty six, eighteen, and eight. For Giannis in 32 minutes. Just absurd. Chris had 27 and 12. Brooke, 23 and 12. So those three were pretty good. We we mentioned turnovers for Chris late. No doubt were a problem. But the rest, it's a pull their socks up a little bit here as the games continue. As I said, Brooklyn on Tuesday, 12.30. I I know a lot of people are working. I don't know how this is going to go with a lot of people. But if you miss the game, we'll obviously be here with the podcast after that one to fill you in. But weekday... During the day, it's strange. It's a strange world we're living in. And like you mentioned, a weekday national TV game. It's quite odd. But the Bucs go down tonight to the Rockets. Unfortunately, fortunately for Bucks fans, we won't have to watch that team for a while because they are brutal. They are painful to watch. I don't think I'm alone in that. But we'll be back tomorrow in between the Nets game. We'll have an update potentially on Eric Blood. So whatever else is going on with the Bucs will be there to do that. Frank thanks for staying up late to jump on this one with me everyone else stay safe out there and we'll catch you guys tomorrow